tell somebody that needs some hope that Jesus is here to help you today. Amen. Jesus is here to help you today. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 9, following through to verse 13. So now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. They said to him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out of of how much more value then is a man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the other. Thank God. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, my withered place my withered place. Each of us have a withered place sometime in our lives that only God can bring restoration to. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence that is here today. God, we cannot manipulate nor can we uh, fake your presence. Certainly your presence is among us today. And we thank you for that, great God. And now we just pray that as we have worshipped, that it has been a sweet-smelling Savior in your presence. And today, as we speak your word, that you would give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a will to draw near to you. God, for somebody today, let it be a life-changing day. In Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I won't give you a lot of of detail into this story this morning, but we'll just get to the heart of the matter just so that that we will be able to uh, have time, adequate time to minister in baptism today. But I do feel that I have this word for somebody that has come today. In our story, we see that Jesus uh, is just being Jesus. (laughs) He's just being awesome. He's just doing what Jesus does. He he finds a need and he heals it. He, He finds somebody broken and he brings healing to their brokenness. He finds somebody in distress and he gives them hope. In our story, we see that there is this other people that are also there. They're the Sanhedrins in which they have come uh, for the sole purpose of setting Jesus up and trying to entrap him. They couldn't find any evil in him. They couldn't find any bad in him. So they had to resort back to their man-made laws. And they began to look at them, and they had so many of them by the time that Jesus came around that uh, that they added to what he had said was right and wrong, that, that there was a lot of religion, there was a lot of traditions of men, that the Bible later, Jesus said, 
The traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. And so here we see that they were trying to to entrap Jesus. They couldn't find anything wrong, so they resort to their religious rule book. And they made up their own set of rules, what was right and what was wrong. And, and now he says to them, is it lawful for you to heal on the Sabbath day? What? Is it lawful for you to heal on the Sabbath day? If you are sick, does it matter which day you get healed on? I mean, for real, if you are having sickness in your body, you really don't matter if it's the Sabbath or Saturday, as long as healing comes into your body, right? Uh, But they would make up their own rules here. So they came to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. It It was in their rule book that you were not to work on the Sabbath. But, but, but what they accused Jesus of was working. But how many know that it isn't work for Jesus to heal somebody? I mean, here we see that he is God manifest in the flesh. And so with the word, God spoke and brought cosmos out of chaos uh, with the word God spoke and he he created everything that we see in the universe and so for Jesus being manifest God manifest in the flesh walking on the earth it was not work for him to heal this man all he had to do was speak a word and the man would be healed. And so we understand today that it isn't hard, it isn't anything for God to heal you today. It isn't anything for God to work a miracle in your life today. It isn't work for him to deliver you. It's not work for him to save you. The work has already been done on the cross of Calvary. All it is is him implementing or establishing a thing in your life. And so he sent his word and he healed them. And I say to you today that it isn't a laborsome thing for God to get his job done in your life. We just have to be a yes or a responsive to his word that he speaks and healing will come today. Hope will come today. Direction will come today. Salvation will come today because the word Work has already been done. Amen. Come on and give him a praise here this morning. To have something be withered can mean a lot of things. It can mean that it was incomplete in its growth. It can mean that it is dried up and it died. It can mean that it is underdeveloped. But however and whatever the case may be, it is uh, cumbersome. It is difficult for us to be able to accomplish a task because of our witheredness, because of the place in our life that is 
withered, if it has been an incomplete growth, if it has been something that we have had and it has died, if it has been something that is underdeveloped, it all results in the same thing, and that is that it is difficult to get through life with a withered place in your life. Many today are living with a part of their life that is withered. Amen. A part of them no longer is functioning like it is supposed to because of a failed past, because of disappointment, because of trouble that they have gone through in their life and has caused a withered place to come about. But the good news today is as Jesus still heals the withered. He still brings hope to the hopeless. And, and if we would understand that today, that what we need to know is that we cannot make it come back, but Jesus can make it come back. He can restore it back to a place of wholeness. Now, studies tell us that this man was a stone's mason. It was, and his withered hand was affecting everything in his life. His witheredness affected his ability to do his job. It affected his health. It affected his income. It affected his well-being. But when we see that Jesus came to him that day in the temple, Jesus was about to change everything that was going on in this man's life. He was about to touch the place that had affected him in every area of his life. How many know that whenever there is one place in your life that is affected, it can affect many other areas of your life? It don't take a lot. All it takes is a yellow jacket in your car to cause a 250-pound man to stop the car and crawl out. All it takes is for you to stump your toe to stop all of your progress. Come on, somebody. All it takes is just a one withered place to change everything in your life and calls you to not be able to function as you desire to function. Amen. But the good news is, is Jesus has come to church today. And when Jesus is in the house, anything becomes possible. And anything that is withered, all he does is speak the word and it is made whole. Glory to God. Amen. When Jesus is in the church, bodies can be healed. When Jesus in church, I don't know, I can't speak for every church. I can't speak for all the churches in the community. I can't speak for all the churches in the nation or the world. But one thing I am certain of today at the Tabernacle of Praise is that Jesus has come to church today. His presence is in this place. And whenever his presence is in this place, marriages can be restored. And when his presence is in this place, sick bodies can be healed. When his presence is in this place, that withered thing, that thing that has hindered you and limited you and held you back for years. In a moment's time in his presence, that witheredness can be restored to a place of completeness and you can enjoy your life forever. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise today. <laughs> These religious people came to church, but they didn't come to church to worship, they came to watch. You see, religious folk, they don't come to worship, they come to watch. They come to find out what they can find out is wrong. 
instead of worship God for what is right. They want to find out, is, is the singing too loud? Is the preaching too long? Is it too hot or is it too cold? Come on, somebody. Is, is, is this what I like or what I don't like? And we begin to judge and critique, and, and religious folk are always finding out what is wrong with the thing. But you see, worshipers, they come to worship God. They don't come to look at what's wrong. They don't come to try to find a problem. They come to say, I've come today to worship the King. I've come today to bless His name. I've come to give Him the glory and the honor that He is deserving of. Amen. And so what we have to ask ourselves, are we a watcher or are we a worshiper? Have we come to watch today or have we come to worship today? I believe that we have some worshipers in this house today. Amen. That even though the heat and air may not be just right, the lights may not be just right, the singing may not, we want the very best that we can. But even when it's not right, we're still going to lift up the name of Jesus and give him glory and give him praise and honor. Hallelujah. A worshiper keeps his eyes on Jesus and don't care about who's preaching. A worshiper doesn't matter how long we sing. Watchers will come in mad and they'll leave mad. Watchers will come in depressed and leave depressed. Watchers will come in with their problem and leave with their problem. But worshipers will come in depressed and leave full of joy. Worshipers will come in with their problem and leave with their promise. Worshipers will come in and bless his name. And in the midst of their blessing, answers and direction and purpose will come and change the trajectory of their life. Why? Because they've just come to worship the king. Amen. And Jesus is upset with these people because they're more concerned about their rules than they are helping mankind. Jesus, the healer, was in the house, but they didn't want to be bothered with broken people. Amen. There's a lot of churches today that won't, don't want to be bothered with withered people. They don't want to be bothered with broken humanity. They don't want to be bothered with the troubles of mankind. But I want to tell you that's the very reason, the very essence of why he has put the church in the earth. Amen. We are not here for a religious ceremony, but we are here to be a hospital to the broken, the downcast, and to bring hope to the hopeless and joy to the weary, and to restore that which has been withered to a place of blessing again. Amen. And so I tell you today that the house of the Lord is a place of blessing. And there's a lot of folk that, that don't want to be bothered with withered people. Nowadays, if a person comes with a problem, we want to send them somewhere else. Amen. We want to send them. Now, if, if, if they have a, an addiction, we want to send them to AA. And I don't, I'm not against AA. But whenever you get done with AA, come on up in the house of God. Amen. When there's addictions in our life, we, we, we want to say, well, you know, you need to go and study. And my concern is, you know, we say, well, you need, you got need your marital problems and issues. You, you, you need to, you need a counselor. And I'm not against counselors. Don't leave here and misquote me. You hear me? I will come after you. <laughs> Amen. 
But it's, we, we have some great counselors here that worship with us. But I'm saying that, that, that that's, that's good. Marriage counseling is good. But you should never underestimate coming in the presence of God. You should never underestimate coming into a house where Jesus is. Because whatever your witheredness is, amen, he can bring healing and hope to it. And so what I want to say today is my concern is simply this, that, that, that we are trying to count counsel today out what the old church used to cast out. And I want to tell you today that, that as long as, you know, AA is good and counseling is good and, and all those things are wonderful, but I want to tell you that one millisecond in the presence of God can break a drug addiction off of your life. One moment in the presence of God can take that spirit of alcoholism out of your heart, off of your mind, and you can enjoy the presence of the Lord. One moment in His presence can mend hearts that have been broken in relationships and restore those marriage relationships again because that's the power of Jesus' presence. Amen. You see, one touch from Jesus can set the addicted free. One touch from Jesus can heal the brokenness of your life. One touch from the master, a man can set you free from whatever you're dealing with in your life. And after these religious debates, Jesus calls the man and tells him, stretch forth your hand. Now, I have to ask myself the question, why would Jesus put this man in such an awkward place? Because anybody knows that if you have a withered place, it is something that you try to hide. We're good at hiding our withered place. How you doing today? Oh, I'm wonderfully blessed, highly favored of the Father. Bluebirds are singing at my house. And you and the missus cussing. I know y'all don't do that. You're too religious. Amen. Hope you're not, but <laughs> come on. Amen. How you doing today? Oh, I'm just wonderful. We're hiding. We're experts at hiding our witheredness. When something is underdeveloped, when something is withered in our lives, we hide it from the public. We don't announce it publicly. We, we, we do everything that we can so that people do not see our witheredness. Amen. But why did Jesus do that? The question comes to me, how, how come would Jesus bring this man forward and in front of this whole house, tell him to reveal his witheredness? Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, but just go with me for a moment. Maybe he, he did this so that, that everybody could see how bad his hand was withered. So that whenever they seen how bad it was, that Jesus was knew that he wasn't leaving the same way he came. And so when he put him there, he did not bring him there to humiliate him. He brought him there so that somebody else would know this isn't a fake. This isn't a TV evangelist. This isn't a slick willy. Come on, somebody. But that this man literally has a withered hand that is in opposition 
unstoppable, that has limited him, that has hindered him throughout his life. And now in a moment in the presence of Jesus, his life is about to change forever. Amen. But religion always cares more about the rule than they do people. But could it be that he wanted them to see how bad he was messed up so that they would have a hope that if Jesus can do that for him, he can also touch my withered place. He can also touch my brokenness. He can also move and mend my my relationship. He can bring healing to my hopelessness. He can, if he can touch that man as messed up as he is, surely he can deal with my witheredness. Could it be that everyone could see how bad he was so that it would bring hope in the house that everyone in the house that was withered, had a withered place, would leave restored. Jesus didn't do this to embarrass the man. Jesus knew that he was not going to leave him the way he found him. I want everybody to see how bad it is, so just stretch it out. Don't want you to hide it. Don't want you to keep it hid. I want you to stretch out that withered hand so that everybody can see it. I want everybody to know how messed up it is so that when I heal you, they can find hope for themselves. Amen. It took some courage to show everyone his withered place. Huh? I said it took some courage for him to show everyone his withered place. He he had to have a sense of confidence. He had to be a confident person because people that are unconfident, they hide their witheredness. But on this occasion, this man believed the word of Jesus till he would step up and do an act of confidence. He would stretch out his place of brokenness. He would stretch out his place of witheredness. Amen. We're good at covering it up and privately we're suffering with pain because we're not willing to stretch out our withered place. We're good about putting a cover on it. We're we're good about laughing and making jokes to cover it up. We're good about hiding our brokenness and our withered place. But sometimes if you want to be healed, you've just got to get enough confidence to show everybody your withered place and say, oh, I know today that it may be withered. Today it may not look like your problem. Today it may not look like your hand. Today it may not look like your marriage. Today it may be a withered state. It may be a difficult place, but I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to show my witheredness to Jesus. And I'm going to believe that if he can do it for this man's hand, he can do it for my life. He can do it for my marriage. He can do it for that situation in my life. I'm just going to stretch it out. I'm going to give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, do what only you can with it today. God will never let you stretch out your withered place in an act of faith and let you be humiliated. He said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth and it was restored whole. Like as the other. 
stretch forth your hand. He stretched it forth, and in his act of faith, his hand that was withered became just like the other. No different, the same as. This hand had been growing all along. This hand quit growing many years ago, but in a moment, it caught up with the other hand. This hand was functioning for all of these years, knowing how to be a mason and laying block or brick and doing it with excellence. But this hand that could be of no value and no use in a moment's time in the presence of Jesus was just as good with his left hand that had never been used as his right hand that had been used all of his life. You see, I believe today that there are some people that have some withered places in your life that you haven't even experienced the love of Jesus. You, you haven't experienced, you may even have run into some religious folk and you have been endowed with their, their religious system and their structure, and they, they, but they haven't brought you any hope. But I want to tell you today that, that you are in a house that believes in the power of Jesus. You're in a place today that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you today will stretch forth your withered place, we will agree with you, amen, that what has been destroyed will be restored. Amen. You see... Because we aren't here today on our own mission, our own plan. We are here on the mission of Jesus. And if it feels to you that it is impossible, then all you need to do is receive one touch from him and that which is impossible becomes possible. Amen. Why? Because Jesus specializes in impossible things. That place that you've been hiding, I don't know, you may, you may not even know Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe today you, you've served the Lord for a long time, but you've, you've just hid that withered place and you can't seem to make progress past where you've been. You, you've just been stuck in your witheredness. Maybe you're here today and, and that limit that, that you have felt for many years, maybe it's been a failure, maybe it's been rejection, maybe it's been the opinions of people. I don't know what, what it might have been. Maybe it is because of uh, people have imposed their own thoughts upon you that has kept you in this withered state of not being fulfilled and not being complete. But I want to tell you today that that is not the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus brings healing healing to the withered place. He brings hope to the hopeless. He brings peace to the chaos. He brings direction where there is a maze that is a mess. But if you'll put your trust in him today, cast your care on him because he cares for you. He loves you and he wants you to be complete. He wants you to be whole. God never created anybody to be incomplete. He created everyone to be whole. He created everyone to enjoy life.
abundantly. Huh? And it's not just when you get to heaven. It's here. It's now. Jesus put out all of the religious people that day. He said, I know you come to watch, but, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here for the worshiper. I'm going to be here for this man who has a withered hand. He said, you know what? I can just imagine how the conversation went. They said, you know, that man over at the church who has the withered hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's there every Sunday. Yeah. You know, Jesus is in town. Oh, I see where you're going with this. We know Jesus is going to show up at church in the morning. If he's in town, he's always at church. And you know what it does every time he finds somebody who's sick, he heals them. You know what it does when he shows up at a funeral, he resurrects them. You know what it does when he finds hurting and broken people, it gives them hope again. Don't you know that when he gets there in the morning, he's going to heal that man on the Sabbath. Let's get over there. Let's create such a ruckus in the house that nobody will step forward, that that man will not receive his healing. He did not receive healing in the absence of controversy. He received healing in the midst of controversy. Because Jesus' power is not limited. And everything don't have to just be perfect for Jesus to do his work in your life. All you have to do is be willing to stretch out your withered place. Give it to him. Give it to him. And giving it to him, he brings healing and he brings hope. He brings restoration. The Bible said this. He said that it was restored just like the other. Restored. Is there some places in your life today that need to be restored? Maybe you're here today and you had a relationship with Christ, but today you've drawn cold and indifferent and you're walking far away from Christ. I want to tell you today that he's here to heal that witheredness and to restore you back to a place of completeness and relationship. And when he does, it'll be like you never missed those times. He'll make the gap. He'll cause the gap to be nothingness. And in a moment, he can catch you up to where you need to be. Maybe you're here today in your life and you've never served God. You've never committed your life to him. I really sense today there are people struggling with the bondages and addictions in your life. I want to tell you today that, that listen to me, AA is good, but it's not your answer. Counseling is wonderful, but it's not your answer. Oh, pastor, I can beat it on my own. Listen to me. If you, you quit lying to yourself, if you could have beat it on your own, you'd already, you'd never found yourself in this place. All of us need Jesus. I said, everybody needs Jesus. 
This isn't a blue light special. This isn't just for people that are down and out. Huh? You don't have to go to the bottom to realize you need Jesus. All you need to do is look at your withered place and say, I can't fix this on my own. And I need Jesus' help today. I need his strength today. So no matter where you are today in your life, no matter if, if it's hid and listen to me, the things that you hide, at some time it'll become public knowledge. We're good at hiding, but it will come out. It's better for it to come out in the presence of Jesus than it is the presence of our accusers. And when we're willing to stretch it out, say, I surrender all to you. It's then that he brings healing and hope and restoration and peace to our minds. Just stand with me today, please. I'd ask that no one would leave this morning and just honor the presence of the Lord for just a moment with me, please. With your heads bowed today, I wonder how many in this place today I say, Pastor, I've got a withered place in my life. As you were speaking today, uh, the Holy Spirit, something would just nudge me. My mind would go to something in my life that was messed up, something that keeps holding me back, that thing that just hinders me from moving forward. And I've got a withered place in my life today, and I need to meet with Jesus today. If that's you, I want to just slip up your hand and say, yes, this word is for me this morning. God bless you. Yes, yes. Thank you for your honesty. Yes, yes. God bless you. Bless you. Anybody else today? Say, Pastor Brian, I need a meeting with Jesus today. I need him to touch me. I need him to help me. Praise God. God bless you. I see you made another five seconds for somebody else to say yes I want to get in on this prayer today anyone else hallelujah father I thank you for sincere hearts today thank you for people God it takes courage to step forward and say I've got a withered place and I need help. I need God's strength. I can't do it on my own. I'm going to be vulnerable today. I'm going to give it to him today. I'm going to show it to him today. Not that he don't know, but it's a confession in my heart that I need him. And I surrender it all to him today. Spirit of the living God, I pray that there be liberty and there be freedom to respond to your invitation and your call today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you to do what Jesus asked this man to do. If you raised your hand and you're serious about change in your life, I want to invite you to come today and just stand here. Let me join my faith with yours. Let me pray with you today. Let me believe God today on your behalf with you. Amen. That all things become possible.
Amen. Yes, God bless you. Come on. Come on. Go ahead and sing. Come on today. another moment anyone else today hallelujah how many already feel something in the spirit shifting amen just the very response just the very fact that you've taken that step something's already shifting on your behalf something's already taking place for you right now <laughs> hallelujah i want my elders and my prayer team to come and help me today just behind these we're going to pray and we're going to believe god and i know he's going to say yes to us today amen i said i know he's going to say yes today he's already said yes but we're just agreeing with him now hallelujah